0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Uncensored CMO. Now, I hope you're getting into the Christmas spirit. It's not long now until Christmas. And what better subject to talk about than Christmas ads? Now over the last few years, System One has been testing every Christmas ad as we always do. And there's one advertiser that has reigned above them all consistently for the last few years, in my opinion at least, and with the data, which is none other than Audi and their brilliant Kevin the Carrot campaign. Now what stands out particularly about the Audi campaign is not only is it very good, it does all the basics incredibly well, but they've stuck to the same recipe. Every single year, they've brought Kevin back, they've built on uh, the previous year, and the results of the campaign really do speak for themselves. Now, the team over at McCann, who worked on The Creative, have won a significant number of awards. They've won more effies than you can shake a stick at. And this year, they also won IPA Gold for effectiveness and were crowned Marketing Week Brand of the Year. So what is it that has made Audi and Kevin the Carrot so successful? Because when you look into the data, and I've in fact seen the data looking at their IPA submission in quite some detail, it is incredibly impressive. They drive significant amounts of market penetration. A lot of the growth that comes as a result of the campaign happens in the first quarter of the year following Christmas. Every year market share has gone up consistently to the extent actually that Audi has now reached number four in the UK grosser ranking overtaking Morrisons in the last 12 months this is a team that consistently deliver year in year out they're also a team that's been working on Audi for quite some time Um, the relationship between McCann and Audi goes back uh, many many years and the strategy team and creative team over at McCann again have been consistent and I think that's part of the secret to this not only Do they do very good work and listen to their consumers and test their work with System 1? But also, they consistently deliver the same idea every single year. I want to find out what is it about this campaign and this team, Audi and McCann, that has delivered such brilliant work. So I wanted to catch up with none other than Jamie Pete and Darren Hawkins, who are the strategy leads on the Audi account, to find out the secret to Kevin's success. You'll really enjoy this one. Welcome Jamie Pete and Darren Hawkins from McCann. Very pleased to be here, John.
1: Thanks for having us, John.
0: Brilliant. Well, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. This has been a long time in the planning, and I've been very, very keen to have you on. You know, you're, of course, you know, we, we partner with each other, don't we, at System 1. And, and I've a long been an admirer of the work you've done on, on Aldi, which is award-winning. And in fact, we were at the IPA Awards, weren't we, where you picked up the gold, which is brilliant news. Look, before we get into that, because I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, so please introduce yourselves, maybe start with Jamie. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and how did you get here?
2: So I am Jamie Pete. I have two titles, actually. I am the Global Head of Retail Strategy for McCann World Group. So I sort of lead on all things strategy to do with retail and retail brands around the network, of course, of which Aldi is an extremely important one. I'm also uh, Head of Effectiveness. So I sort of lead the charge on effectiveness and effectiveness awards across, across the network supported by lots of people Darren being not least one of those people but others I mean we were lucky on on the IPA night we won, actually won three in the UK we won on uh, rugby league and on Hargreaves Lansdowne which is, was really good. I am originally a physicist by background I trained which I believe Les Binet is a physicist as well so I trained in physics I actually were, was I had a a working relationship with the, what used to be called British Nuclear Fuels. So from, from nuclear fuel to carrots, I'm not quite sure how that happened. And I'm originally from a famous seaside town in the northwest of England, it's famous for fresh air and fun, called Blackpool, which of course is also, I would say, the home of popular entertainment in the UK. And I'm sure we can
0: talk a bit more about that later on. I'm sure we will. Darren, do introduce yourself.
2: I'm
1: Darren Hawkins, I'm Group Strategy Director on Aldi at McCann, Aldi UK and Aldi Ireland, so I do both countries. I also um, take quite a big part in the UK effectiveness bit, I'm head of effectiveness for the UK now to Jamie's global role, you know, obviously on the effectiveness side, Kevin's been a big part of that and it's been a journey for Jamie and I together to a large degree, not a physicist, actually left school at 16 and worked in a builder's merchant's. And then decided I didn't like that, it was too hard, so I did my A-levels at night school and then went to university. <laughs> I'm originally from Buckinghamshire, but I've lived in Yorkshire most of my life. It's not the, the, the global hub of light entertainment that Blackpool is, but it was actually in the early days of the film industry. Actually, there were two distinct centres of expertise in the world, both beginning with H. One was Home First, which no one knows about, and the other was Hollywood. Obviously, they had better weather, so they got more filming days in and grew as time went on. We faded into insignificance and generally
0: pouring rain. Well, there you go. So what could have been had had the climate been slightly different? (laughs) Well, I should say, of course, we also joined... Now, this is audio, but were it visual, we're also joined by none other than two Kevin the Carrots... So it's good to see them. But anyway, the, the listeners won't be able to appreciate that one. But you've both brought life-size Kevins to the recording. Do you, car- do you carry Kevin paraphernalia wherever you go? Because I think every photo I've seen of you, there's a Kevin the Carrot appears. Almost, you know, kind of in where's Wally like. You know what, John? It's,
2: it's every, every opportunity is a promotional opportunity. That's what it's we is, think, it? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's
1: Yeah, it's this part of affection. Carrots are obviously very good for you. They're very good for us. We love Kevin. He's, a, he's our favourite brand mascot. I think he's one of the UK's favourite brand mascots as well. You know, when you, when you tell people what you do and you, you work in strategy, it's a difficult, Sal, it's a difficult, sell. <laughs> it's just difficult description. Is it you do? It's, you you get, do your best rendition of what you do to people and they still look puzzled. But if you just say, I'll oh, do the carrot, Kevin the Carrot ads for Aldi, you're instant there. That's I can
0: imagine the dinner party where you're explaining your your job role at some length. this kind of tumbleweed, and then you go, "Oh, we do Kevin," and then everyone says, "Ah, oh, yes, I know exactly what you're talking instant, about." Instant
1: popularity. It's you know people. Oh, what's going to happen
0: next? Is he coming back this year? You know, it's, it's currency. We're really keen to get into the strategy of how Kevin was created, why Kevin was created and get into the work. Just before we do, one thing that, that occurs to me is, you know, you two come as a pair, don't you? Now, of course, in creative worlds, you know, kind of creative pairs are, are quite common. Less common to see two strategy kind of people combine. What's the thinking behind kind of working on strategy together?
2: Well, it's certainly something that's developed, I think, more than anything I've worked on Aldi now for, it'll be 13 years next year. Darren's been on, how long now, Darren? Seven and a half. Seven and a half years. Hmm. But I think over that time period, as far as artists are concerned, we've kind of intuitively started working together. And what we found is that, as as you say, John, it, it's very common for creatives to work in pairs. I mean, it used to be, didn't it? A classic art director and a copywriter. And then Beyond that, you, you, even though when creatives seem to be a lot more multi-skilled these days and seem to do a bit of everything, still working in pairs, it's certainly something that you get a lot of in the entertainment industry. If You think Mel Brooks and Woody Allen, people write in pairs, you know, John Cleese and Graham Chapman, you know, so forth. And I think what me and Darren have found is we just work well together. We find that we, we share a lot of things and we have a lot of thoughts in common but also we sort of challenge each other. And I think it's a very productive setup, really. You know, obviously we divide things up in terms of having to do all the stuff that you have to do, like go to meetings and, 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 and you know, client sessions and all, and all the rest of it. But I think in, in terms of our thinking, that's worked well together.
1: Yeah, I think i have heard the expression, the, you know, the wisdom of crowds. I mean, don't say we're a crowd, are we we <laughs> with the pair? Two brains aren't better than one. You know, they really are. You, you can easily forget something, miss something, you want to sense check if you you think something you know have an idea it's good to have somebody that you know is fully up to speed with where that might fit where that might go to really sense check its suitability and you know for the
0: future of course it's great to have a friend to take to an interview It is, isn't it? And and awards. I I, I think I've seen you pop up almost weekly at another awards. We'll come back to awards because obviously the success of of Audi is very well known and I'd love to come to that. Let's go back to the beginning though, because I really want to know what was it like when you first got the brief? So talk to me about the business problem that you set out to solve way back before Kevin was created. Before we did Kevin, I think we we had a situation where we'd started to to
1: grow. We'd started to grow as a a business and... and we were getting a better reputation for quality. But of course, Christmas is a time when people want to to do the best. They want to put their best show on, want to do the best for their family. They want to put the best spread on to go with that. And that, then you've got this other environment, which is, in the competitive sense, is that the competition for that, for those eyeballs, for that tables, you know, for those pounds in the pocket, is so much greater. Everyone introduces their Christmas range it's it's you know your eyes are being diverted left right and center i mean we talk about the positive attention in advertising the positive attention on the shelves in retailers at christmas yet you are literally you know looking at firework displays left right and center and trying to decide which one of those you're going to pick from and so i think what what we we we, in the analysis sort of come to the conclusion is that we had a good base of loyal shoppers throughout the year and they were kind of drifting off elsewhere they were you know attracted by the bright and shiny at christmas and and the and the, and the novelty you know that' that's the indulgence and the novelty and the and, and that will to want to trade up and to spend your money in in places that would impress guests that would impress the family that sort of thing and, and Aldi still wasn't there at that point it we still weren't at the point where there was any cachet or there was the highest recognition of quality but so we had this trade out situation i suppose you as you would you would call it is that you know what we did in eleven months was not. What we did in the final month we, we very much saw a loss of business to other retailers and so we what we were trying to do is because because obviously from a from the Aldi point of view our Christmas range was so much of a special event in a trading sense and in a quality sense and in a imagination sense and, it, and anyway you know an exemplar and a signifier for Aldi quality that would you know rest with people for the throughout the year so we wanted something to to, to draw attention to that we want and we tried in in you know in the previous year we had something yeah, we, we used the old favorite things track from I think is Mary Poppins is it from the Sound it of from? Music Sound of Music yeah yeah was a Julie Andrews singing it in the first place. So we 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 then thought well right that didn't quite work you know it didn't it did you know all the ingredients were there if you think well we you know we're showing the food we're showing the quality but it's it didn't it didn't have the effect and. I think what we, we decided is that, you know, we wanted to make Christmas special and we were looking around at, you know, who's done that. And it, John Lewis was was, was kicking it. it, was kicking everybody. Every year, they, the UK consumer was so eager, you know, on tenterhooks waiting to see what John Lewis would do. The, the commercials were emotional, heart-rending, memorable. They were talked about. There was a, a product truth behind it about memorable gifting. It wasn't it wasn't your, your sort of typical you know generation game conveyor belt of products, but it was it was a real focal point on on the power of gifting. And John Lewis is a place for that. So they'd done a brilliant job, but they the most important bit was they'd won in the mind of the consumer, hadn't they? They they'd made this massive, overwhelming impression one Christmas for year year after year. And we you know, we were looking at the time, we were going well, but how have they done that? they've got this character this year you know the, the bear in the hair they've got monty the penguin oh they're going yeah but you know you want to buy a monty the penguin in the shop how are we going to do that we got is 80 quid or 90 quid for a soft toy that's
0: bigger than our average shopper is spending on food at christmas so never mind on the soft toy to go with it you know, I, I can see the genesis of your idea, but you're talking to a German retailer famous for a basic range of products at very low prices. How did you convince them to do a John Lewis? You know, and, and you went all in on the John Lewis kind of big production, tell a big story, sound, you know, it, we'll get to it in a minute, you know, what makes your advertising so magical. But that's a pretty big, pretty big ask, isn't it? I, I assume. Well, yeah, it is, yeah. So I think, well, first of all,
2: as Darren said, the carrot is very rooted in the British psyche because not only is it is it obviously something kids like. It's what you leave out for Father Christmas, isn't it? So you know, Christmas Eve, you put your mince pie, you put your glass of sherry or your or whatever that Dad or Mum drinks, and you have your carrot for for Rudolph. So there is there is a, a truth in it as well. But also, what we really said to them was, I suppose, two things. Practically, we have to find a way of showcasing the the products the the range as Darren has mentioned so we need something or somebody that can be like a little ambassador that can show the range off can can talk about it so that's that's a really important thing and also we we want something that we can use on lots of different platforms because you know what 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 you know what's the idea we have to be where people are So we're all on all different platforms now all, so it has to work across all these things. And ultimately, will have to lead to us being strongly linked to Aldi, so it's strongly attributed. But then I think the second thing is that we, want, we said to them, you know, as Darren said, we have to try and grab people's attention at Christmas. And a good way to think about attention is this idea that how do you catch people's attention when they're not actively looking at you? Because we knew at Christmas, John Lewis and everybody else and loads of people who don't advertise any other time in the year come into the fray, don't they? And they start to, to advertise. And we know that being entertaining, and particularly being entertaining in this sort of light-hearted, humorous way, is a great way to attract people's attention, to get them to see that thing that is perhaps just slightly off stage. And so that, that, that was the argument. I mean, you mentioned before, John, about Darren and I working in uh, together. And, and it sounds a bit of a cliche, doesn't it? But we do make each other laugh. We make each other constantly laugh at things, and we laugh at things all the time. We laugh at our own absurdity. We laugh at the absurdity of the job we do. We laugh at the absurdity of the industry all the time. Peter Ustinov says, humor, it's a funny way of being serious. And humor has this tremendous power to attract and hold attention and to then lay down positive memories as, as well. You know, John, I don't, we don't need Buster to tell you that. And so, so that was really the, 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 the basis of it all. And it, there's a lot of humour around Christmas. You think about Christmas cracker jokes, dad jokes, things that you do at Christmas, all this kind of stuff was central to sort of um, convincing Aldi to do this. And it, I mean, you know, we had a job to convince them and, and they went with it. And I think you know I, I, the powerful thing is as well that they not only did it, but they, they then stuck with the idea as well even though every year we try and look at beating Kevin maybe with something else but but they, they stuck with it so I think year two in some ways was that was also a, a tremendously powerful decision by them
0: well that's a really good point actually Darren because like you know you talked about John Lewis didn't you and copying them they do change their creative and come up with a brand new fresh idea were you tempted to do that or was it a conscious decision to stick with Kevin and I, I would say continue re, bear, bear in mind tracking back to the selling
1: phase Firstly, we had probably six or seven different routes in year one and so through testing and it wasn't with system one we weren't even I personally wasn't even aware of system one at that point kind of became aware of him 2018 something like that I think I saw Orlando at an F week conference got chatting thought he was the top bloke then started getting you know, that. but but that that testing process was qualitative by and large you know so, so he, he rose to the top you know people responded to that idea when jamie talks about being entertaining and the little jokes and how the humor that we that that we have and and that character and why that character i mean what's the logic to a carrot i mean jamie talked about the springboard of of, off the tradition of the the carrot on the plate that was as logical as it ever got but he, he he just came through people just responded very you know emotionally warmly you know there's a lot of ahs and oohs in the room and when you get that kind of response, I think you know you know to, you know, to an idea where you think it's touching people. This a, it's a little carrot guy is wandering around, tripping up on the Christmas table, and you know grating his bottom as he slides past the the uh, nutmeg grater on the on the table. People responded to that. There was like they, you know they they felt for him, and it was like we've got something here. You know, nicely. It's the, the response was was absolutely sterling. But in, in year after year, you know, and when you talk about John Lewis, the, the, what they did, 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 you know, they were recreating the creative mold every year. Now. We could have been in that territory. I mean, we're definitely batting for Kevin. As the agency, we're definitely batting for Kevin. We loved it and we thought we should do it again because we thought it was our chance of, of standing out. We'd got a, a social response and, and a community response. You know, people had gone into schools. People started singing songs about him. You know, the, the, there was a bit of a crush when the toys went on sale. It was like, it was, this response is, is it's, not, it's not ordinary. So we definitely want him to go forward. But every year, he had to sort of kind of win the six or seven horse race of various other ideas. And it's, it's it's actually, you know, it's really interesting. We've done so many ideas over the years trying to beat Kevin. It's like nearly everything that we see from competitors. Yeah, tried that. That was 2017. Oh, I like that. We've
0: tried them all. Nothing could beat him. So, as, Out of interest, when do you start the process of trying to beat Kevin? So, So this campaign is <laughs> almost up. I mean, I, I'm imagining it's quite early in the year. But how like, soon does that? We like to say off? we have
1: two seasons on Aldi. We have Christmas, uh, and then we we have December
2: where we get we get December off. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas lasts eleven months. The development of Kevin. We, we <laughs> yeah. Although you might say now we have two seasons. We have the current Christmas, then we have the next Christmas because it's kind of increasingly sort of blur into both. So I think it, it's almost become. An ongoing thing because I mean we have we have a bit of December off. Obviously, all the delivery team are delivering stuff now. There's there's stuff going out now live as we speak. So in 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 that sense, it never stops actually. But I think also one thing just to add as well on this this idea of of how we sold Kevin in, if you think about the idea of. Light entertainment. So, and we mentioned Blackpool, didn't we, before, and Strictly Come Dancing, and the Tower, and the Illuminations, and the Pleasure Beach, and the Piers. It it was designed to attract people's attention and hold people's attention, and to and to lift their spirit. Of course, you know, people who worked in the mills of 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 the northwest of England, in Manchester and Oldham, and all, all these kind of places. I always think that the issue is with the word light in light entertainment because it makes it sound really rather trivial and really rather sort of easy. It's really hard. And if, if you think back to, to, to Christmas, Christmas was the time of light entertainment. It's the time when you had the Morkman and Wise show and you had, in, in the modern era, you get Wallace and Gromit or you get a, a Strictly Strum special, don't you, every Christmas day or a Doctor Who special or, or whatever. And, and so that, I think, has been his power. And we we work very stru- closely with the the team at Aldi. We we are you know we are we are almost like one team, and we are we are true partners. But also, you know, in that in that in that situation of the boardroom, to make people understand that and to get or to, or to make sure you're clearly expressing that point
0: is is difficult, but it's it's extremely important. I would say. I I, to- I totally totally agree with you, actually. And and particularly in the industry we're in that seems to reward new things, pushing boundaries having a lot of purpose disrupting conventions I mean you know what gets talked about an in industry versus what actually works in the real world I mean you know the, the most popular programs at Christmas will be the old ones you know the classics or or the the highest rating tv show in the week's probably Saturday night tv as you say which is all fast gags popular personalities light entertainment as you call fun and that kind of thing and it kind of brings me back actually to some of the sort of system one principles that 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 we've kind of crafted over many years and what I love about what you've done with Kevin is, it's perfect illustration of all of them, really. So, you know, I mean, you know, we talk about creating emotion and, and and making people feel happy, you know. And you you know, yours does that brilliantly. Telling a good story, you know, uh, you, you have brilliant storytelling, or the soundtrack, you know, how the soundtrack works. Having a character, you know, a character that people relate to, and and of course, you know, Kevin being a fluent device. So you talked about it being not easy, and I think you're right. It, it you know sometimes you know because it's fun entertaining we enjoy it we kind of assume it's easy but it's really not talk to me a little bit about the kind of craft and decision making and and how you get to an idea and how you kind of craft it because i I think what you've role modeled here is you know is absolutely brilliant and a lot to learn from it
1: yeah i almost feel a bit of a fraud if i try and say i can tell you exactly how it's done because it's done by a lot of very good people who are very dedicated to it, who just keep working at it. And it's probably that. I think Mm. we, Jamie and I, probably our role is to say, these are the things that we need to do well. We we talk about entertainment and humour, and we know they're they're so powerful for us. We just, uh, I suppose we track people back to the, oh, that, that might be a bit of a rabbit hole. Don't go down that way with it. Because they're all trying to, you know, they're trying to make it fresh. They're trying to make it new, more interesting more spectacular, but we track it back to entertainment and humour, first of all, you know, for Kevin. Absolutely. He's entertaining. But why is that? You know, so what we have to look at is then is you know, is that gonna get us attention? Are people gonna like it? Is it gonna get a positive emotional response out of that and that humour and that entertainment? Can we see it's are we gonna get the attribution? Can you see it's an Aldi ad? Can you see it's Kevin? Is is that is that is that a brand attribution gonna be quick? Are they going to remember it? Is it going to be a story that sticks in the memory, a structure that sticks? And, and there is, a, we do kind of have a, I mean, I wouldn't say that that it's formulaic, but but there is definitely a pattern of the memory structure of a Kevin ad so far that's developed over the years. It's become a kind of like, you can see the steps that are common, if you like, or at least frequently repeated. But the variety within that, that's the difficulty, isn't it, with creative, the, the, the difficulty is, Sticking to what works, but finding variation on that—that's that keeps it fresh and interesting—and and, and that, that's where the challenge. That's what all those people are working on all the time. In, I mean, Jamie and I—we're now like—I suppose we're like the sheepdogs, aren't we? We're the sheepdogs of the of the agency. We just stop stop anything running right. off and, and getting away from the herd, and
0: make sure they all get it all gets into the pen at the end. <laughs> well, I remember an old an old phrase but back when I was a young brand manager, and hearing that the old phrase: "There's nothing like the freedom of a tight brief." And I guess you do have a very, very tight brief. Because I think what you've demonstrated over many years is, is you've really got the formula nailed down. I mean, very, very clearly nailed down. And actually, that, although that may feel like a constraint, and I guess everyone's dying to bust it and you break out of it, the freedom that gives you then to be creative within that framework is, is, is probably enormous. Yeah. And I, I, I also think there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's
2: always a core thought at the center of every year. If you look back to what well, I think we're in year seven, aren't we now? Which is, we all want to have a great Christmas. And, you know, the idea, as Darren says, is, you know, Aldi wants everybody to have a great Christmas and, and you, everybody can have a great Christmas. You know, Aldi allows more people to have a great Christmas because of the, nat- the democratising nature. And I guess at the heart of that, and what has emerged, I would say, is that people identify with Kevin because he's sort of going through the trials and tribulations that we all go through to get Christmas and then sort of pulls it off at the end and everything's okay at the end. So, and I think the jeopardy in the story is is really important you can't you can't have a great story you can't have a great resolution you can't have a great lift at the end if there isn't a bit of shade there's a reason why when you go to the theater there's a a mask of comedy and 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 tragedy because mm. it is it's the light and sh- you can't have sunshine without rain it's it's the the contrast is really important and Getting all of that right. I mean, a big shout out, we should say, to to Clive and Andy, who are the two creatives who came up with Kevin and work on it tirelessly all year. And then, of course, to all the other people who are involved, and of course to Dave Price and and, uh, and Neil Lancaster, who, of course, are very involved, and they they very much they they put Dave puts so much into the the craft of the the work that we do, and all the little bits that. Darren often quotes Howard Look Gossage. So people who know Howard Look Gossage, famous ad man of the sixties in San Francisco, when he says, "You know, if you want to catch a mouse, when you bait the trap, leave a bit of room for the for the for the mouse." So in other words, don't fill it so full that you, there's no room for people to come to it. And I think that's a bit that's a big part of of the the Kevin hmm. work.
0: I wanted to ask you about that bit that this year but in particular as well, because this is a year unlike any other year, isn't it? I mean. You know, we've got a World Cup at the same time as Christmas, which, which would be one clash of popular entertainment, I suppose. And the second thing is we've gone from, you know, coming out of COVID uh, recovery at the beginning of the year to reversing straight back into recession, inflation and a cost of living crisis like we've never seen before. So when you start planning Christmas, which, which I think you're saying happens in January, how on earth do you take those things into account, you know, 11 months before anyone ever sees the ad? When you
1: think about what's going, what things are going to be like, there's an element of crystal ball in it. Some of those are much clearer than other years. You know, what's the mood of the nation going to be? I think, you know, in the COVID Christmases, the two COVID-affected Christmases, we chose not to reference it explicitly, very, very deliberately at the beginning and in the second year, because actually the System 1 tests of other people's ads showed that it was a real downer when you did do it. So that was, you know, categorically evidence that there's a wrong thing to do. And then I think you know you are looking into the into culture is is you know something we all try to do you know. We're looking to get attention. We're looking to be relevant to the times. And obviously Christmas is its own time, isn't it? And but this year was somewhat unique. There's never been a winter world cup before. And the question really was can we ignore it? Can we ignore that? Can we just, you know, we just say well it's Christmas so and we're Kevin's for Christmas or can we use it some way? Can we bounce off that? Can we play with it? Can we have fun with that? Kevin's a fun character. He, you know, he, he's he's always around at Christmas. So, we, well, how would that how would that impact Kevin's world? How would he take it? How would he take the news? Christmas. Christmas is about Santa, reindeer, elves, Rudolph, sleigh, bells, snow, chimneys, mince pies. It's about this is Christmas about being home with all the family. It's about his eternal struggle through the little trials to do the best for his family and get that, you know, so it all arrives on time and looks great on Christmas Day. It's, you know, Kevin's that, that sort of little everyman trials and tribulations, but it ends up as a happy ending story arc. What are we going to do with the World Cup? So I think that, you know, obviously where we netted out is we think, yeah, we're going to, we've got to go with it. You can't ignore it. It's, world Cup is going to collide with Christmas. So therefore it's going to collide with the world of Kevin. And that put us very firmly, I think, into the into a sort of contemporary setting, I think, this year. It was last year, we are very much in, it was the depth of COVID. And we, though we didn't explicitly acknowledge it. You know, and it was the best of times because it was Christmas, but it was the worst of times because it was a COVID Christmas. So, you know, referencing Charles Dickens was, was incredibly apposite at the time. But yeah, with the World Cup, c- couldn't ignore it. Thought, what are we are going to do with it then? How do we embrace the World Cup?
0: And just because we are audio, briefly describe the teaser and the main film as well for anyone listening that hasn't yet seen it. Well, well, so the teaser is a, a, a tribute, should I say, to a famous World
2: Cup Nike ad, where for those people that can remember it, the the Brazilian football team actually played. It wasn't just a Brazilian team, actually. No, it was various footballers, wasn't it? Played football through the airport, sort of keepy uppy and kick the ball through the uh, the the uh, through the airport. So it was a tribute to that, really. And we used that as a sort of reference to the World Cup, but then also a lead into the main film, which of course is very much based on, very much a, a tribute and a homage to. Home Alone probably of uh, certainly probably in the top 5 rated Christmas films in the UK and of course has the famous Kevin shout out scene in it which we felt was you know could I was always made for for our our character in fact you know we we would be lying to say that when we've done over the years when we've been researching Kevin the non Kevin roots that has spontaneously come up in in, in research groups which is a, is a good thing what's what's interesting is our job, mine and Darren's job, we're professional gamblers in some ways. We're about placing bets. I, I mean that in all sincerity. We're, we're saying this is what we should... We don't have infinite resource. We don't have infinite money. We don't have infinite time. So you have to decide, don't you? St- strategy is sacrifice, as uh, David Ogre said. So you you have to decide, we, we're going to put our money here. We're going to do this. Because none of us really know the future. We don't. It's a, it's a complete fallacy. It's an illusion to think that we know what's going to happen. The future is actually, of course... A lot more uncertain than any of us like to think. Again, back to system one, John. System one makes story, make makes sense of things, but actually, it's things a lot more uncertain than we all like to think it is. So we knew the World Cup was coming up, and we knew the financial situation at the end of the year was going to be pretty tricky. You don't have to be, you know, super clever to work that out. But how do you try? How do you show up in that is very important. And we 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 got, we took the bet that we should reference the World Cup. But we should do that in a fun, playful way because of all the issues that are swirling around the World Cup, plus the sort of tension between the World Cup and Christmas. And then also, we should, despite the difficult financial challenges that people were facing, we should still be entertaining. We should give people a lift. We should bring joy. We should bring happiness, fun, jokes, all of of those things. Obviously, you you mustn't be tone deaf. You have to be, you know, and you... It needs to be appropriate. I mean, yeah, I would say Aldi being a discounter obviously is a very is in a stronger position in some ways in, in that. But in terms of the things that you you feature and so forth, but we did take that that very much
0: decision, Darren, didn't we? I think this is a really, really important point because you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, marketing is risk-taking because you're planning in advance, you're, you're making things, you don't quite know how they're going to turn out. You don't know what the competition are doing, you don't know what the you know, macro economy or the environment will be doing at the time of going. That, that said, of course, what, what's one of the reasons I love my role at System 1 is that we have so much data on what's happened in the past. And one of the fascinating things that I learned with you, actually, a couple of years ago in, in the depths of covid was that the the the, the really co- the COVID Christmas of a couple of years ago? The average Christmas ad did half a star better than ever before, and it was really interesting because what we learned was that actually in times of crisis, people don't want to be reminded. There's absolutely no benefit in in. You know, I mean, I mean, COVID was you know we felt it by being locked down and you know, everything was over Zoom and so on. But what we found was, and I think you you referenced this earlier, is any advertiser on our database at all that made even an implicit reference to COVID, like a, like showing a Zoom call taking place or people waving through the glass or whatever, their scores went down. I mean, it's quite marked. And actually the opposite where where it showed people together, humanity, joy, you know, togetherness, all those th- things that we were missing actually elicited a more powerful emotional response. And that's one of the things I have to give credit to you guys for doing so well is actually In a time of crisis, in fact, with the the data this year, we'll come on to talk about the scores in a minute, because actually we're seeing a lot of improvement in the in in the type of christmas ads being made but also you can see this i think this year might just be the best year we've ever seen actually and it's partly because we're all struggling and and christmas gives that opportunity for some light relief some recentering on family and giving people a lift doesn't it but that is that tension isn't there because i can imagine most strategy people thinking we have to be culturally relevant by talking about the economy or or pricing, whatever, when actually the data would suggest it's probably best to do the opposite. You're right when
1: you refer to that. And and I I think i just go back to that beginning point of view of an advertiser is you're competing for very scarce attention. And when you get it, don't waste it. So if your first foot forward is to remind people that it's going to be awful, as they already very well know if it's affected them, You've wasted it, haven't you? It's gone. The moment's gone. thanks. You started me on a downer back to the to the point to the main point where we started. If you're going to yeah. entertain people, bring joy, bring fun, bring laughter that's a more common wise song almost, isn't it? Bring me sunshine, bring me laughter, bring me joy but, but yeah, and they
0: knew a bit about entertainment, I would say so I, I'd say that, I'd say that you know that, that, and, that- and this this is what the day, years and years and years of research tells us as well is that eliciting positive emotion is more powerful long-term than negative emotion right negative emotion might make you do something in the moment but it isn't going to lodge your brand in long-term memory and make you feel positively towards the brands you're buying and that that's the power of what you do and we'll talk about the results as well in a second because they're quite astonishing i'd love love to kind of break them down well actually while we're talking about results let's uh, i'd love to know what you guys thought of this year's crop of christmas ads because we had mark ritson on talking about what's doing a recession and and he made the point that uh, it was very generous towards system one he said you've taught everybody how to make a christmas ad they've all taken your advice and the next thing he thinks going to happen is everyone's going to zig while you have zagged but what did you think of the you know your your rivals this year and what stood out for you I I I thought they were better
1: this year than last year. I thought last year was particularly poor. I found virtually no joy in anything people were doing. I just there's nothing I really wanted to rewatch. Nothing that, that made me really laugh hard. There was two that I had some grudging i not say grudgy. I wouldn't be grudgy. It's, it's just a turn of Such phrase. Such a grinch, Darren, aren't you? Yes. Oh, yeah, i was grudgy, okay, oh, I'll just grudging. No, no, it wasn't grudging respect. It was a little bit of respect for somebody who is the competition that I feel slightly guilty over acknowledging, but let's go for it anyway. Last year, m and And I thought, great. Two things in this ad. One, we've got It's Lovable, the fairy character you've introduced. And two, you've brought Percy Pig into it, a well-known character, absolutely associated indissolubly associated with MNS they interacted they had fun i did think it turned into a bit of a let's go round the store then and look at stuff which was not the story arc i was hoping for this year they did a better story arc i think they they had more of a story to it but they lost percy pig they introduced another character but obviously they brought i think they brought jennifer saunders back in as the other character didn't they and so there was there's a bit there's something in there isn't there now, if if Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders are going to be the voices of M&S at Christmas, the characters of m at Christmas, well, that's good. That's bullseye, really, isn't it? From a target audience point of view, they're funny inherently. They interplay with each other really well. They've given. They've both got their character, which which can then become associated with M&S, and they still do a nice little tour of the product around. So, some respect for M&S, definitely. My other one that I really liked from last year was, I must say really liked, but I was thinking, oh, this could go somewhere, was Morrison's Farmer Christmas last year. I, I thought that could really go somewhere. I, I you know, th- There's a, a truth to it about the business, about, to use a horrible phrase, supply chain integration that Morrison's has got that nobody else has got in the UK retail grocery mm. industry. And mm. so it, it seemed to make a virtue of that. And I thought, but they seem to have underdone it. And it. It was hiding its bush light under a bush a little bit. It was kind of like, you didn't really say what it meant, but it, but you had the character, so it's got potential. And year one, you've got to you know you've got to plant some roots, haven't you? You've got to put your feet down. So it's about Farmer Farmer Christmas. Now this is a character. This year they come out. It's about Farmer Christmas. I thought we we're going to find out about Farmer Christmas and how he does it here. I just rode around on a tractor, seeing some fairly mundane products. Ended up with past the gravy as a some sort of statement. And I just felt, i don't, sorry, I feel like I'm being professionally critical, which is sort of unfair. But I just felt like it could have gone a bit further into the story of why a farmer christmas is helps you to deliver a great christmas at morrison's what's the truth behind that and it could have been more involving i just felt it was a bit of a mundane tour of some products on a tractor the, the this year that i that i i like the most i mean you know you can't help respond to it i think is as does you can't hmm. help Elf is so loved. If you, I mean, I, I would say it's a love it or hate it, but I don't think it's 50-50 like Marmite. I think it's 90-10 or something. I think most people love Elf. Will Ferrell is funny. That film is a great film. And they did a bit of clever, original splicing, didn't have to hire Will Ferrell and kind of do a pair imitation, just took the footage out of the... So it was already done. It was, it was economical to some extent, wasn't it? You know, there's no shoot, it's just some editing clever editing and I, and I thought it worked well in store and you know he's green already so that's, that's the color branded for one you know uh, mountain viewer love that thank you very much you got your color in there and i, I and i think i've got a lot of i think you know, that did really well i i i think it, it entertained me and then you, you i think your question john is about the competition and where where is it going to go now if i was going to talk think about the future where are we going to go? I think we've we, we think we've got a fluent device for Kevin. He's pretty fluent. Is it in your in your terminology, John, people know who Kevin is. They love him. They know his Aldi. And they remember him. Ash, one, one, one year we did a sort of Google search check. It was the, the, the most popular search related to Aldi in July was Kevin the Carrot. it has got nothing to really? do with it. He's like properly out of season, as it were. So it's fluent. So then I think, well these good ideas as ms got the potential to become fluent yeah I think second year's got a run has elf got the potential to become a fluent device for adster I don't know how you would re-edit that for next year I don't know I don't know how you I haven't seen any of their product commercials you know their product selling commercials. how do you re-edit that into a product commercial? can they do that is that part of the license I'm not sure how does it roll out I mean we don't know we never know we've always it's always a competition every year with Kevin to see whether we're actually going to use him next year have we got a better idea have we, yeah so far we haven't had a better idea and, and I'm happy with that but I think our challenge then is is not have we got a fluent device have we got a, an idea that everyone knows is Aldi? It's how far can we take it you know how far can we go I'll,
2: I'll just add in there I I, I totally we're, we're in violent agreement as usual Darren I, I absolutely love the LFAP work I think bravo Asda I would say there, I do quite like the Argos ad as well. I've no idea how it's scored, John, on System 1, so you're probably going to tell me you're going you're gonna to make me look rather foolish now. But I quite like it, and I think it's quite funny. And I think the lines about squirty cream and, and nappy changing and stuff, are, and we need a bigger bowl, there's a kind of Christmas truth in in that which i thought was quite fun and i and i agree with darren that i think everybody's done a much better, a pretty good job this year it's, it's they really have
0: yeah yeah well I mean, it's, it, again it's not just our opinion we can go to the system one poll to see and get you know see what the audience think as well the other one which you haven't mentioned as well which you need to keep an eye on is lidl who've introduced their fluent device as well so the composition is really hotting up around you isn't it this year
2: I, I quite I, I quite like the little lad last year, actually, but... Uh, it was good
0: last year. Yeah. It was good. To be fair, they've, they've, they've had two or three years of, of very good... I think they were... I'm going to get it wrong now. I think they were high for, four stars last year. They're in five-star territory this year. But, I, I mean, this year is exceptional. I mean, do you remember last year we did... I, I, I know, Darren, it was, it was so funny because, you know, I think... I need to get this, the stats right. But a couple of years ago, you got a 5.8. And that was in the year where we saw the COVID Back Christmas bounce, right? And then, and then last year you were a bit disappointed because you didn't get, you didn't beat it. I think was it was it? five point four 5, with the launch. Five point four, wasn't it? Something like that. Five point four, and. Um, we were like, oh no, we've gone backwards. This is like after years of continual improvements, gone backwards. And anyway, I I remember thinking, how can I put this in context? So the one ad that consistently over time gets about a five star is the Coke is it coming. The truck ad, right? It's almost consistently been the best ad year in, year out. And when we tested that last year, 5.1, right? So we were able to demonstrate that it's almost like the old economists used to have the McDonald's, you know, Big Mac index, which is you can work out the exchange rate anywhere in the world based on the Big Mac price. You know, it's a bit like that because the Coke truck ads is like the gold standard bullion sort of, you know, measure of a Christmas ad. And last year, for the first time, you beat it, which was tremendous. Here's a stat for you. This year, 10 ads have beaten christmas trucks so last year one was you this year 10 that shows how the competition have raised their game so with this year we've got 10 five-star ads and three this is where it's <laughs> the world cup analogy is going to get well used because we've got three 5.9s of course yourself MS, and and asda so it, it's going to go to penalties this year i don't know what the outcome is going to be but I do you know what it's really funny actually because at system one we, originally we had a, a we invented the five star scale right and but it was just like one two three four five and then some of our customers that got five stars were like yeah we're very happy with our five star but is our five star better than their five star and so we had to then put the decimal point in which is why people get confused going why does it go to 5.9 and, and it's purely a way of us kind of you know being able to show within five stars you know now, we're going to have to go to two decimal places now to try and separate the... Uh, so we really, really are... You, you have bro- properly broken our, sca- our scale and scoring system. But anyway, but I thought that was fascinating. But look, a couple of other things to point out, you know, to give kudos to you guys, really. But as I said, we've never had four or five stars in a row. It's ve- in fact, it's super rare to get two five stars in a row. I mean, it's almost unheard of for any advertiser to repeat. Because a five star puts you in the top 1% of all ads. Of that year, I mean that that's now Christmas. The standard does go up for the reasons we talked about. but even so, that's that's quite rare. We've never seen a five-star trailer, and we always test the trailers as well. So, so well done on that. I think your your teaser was three and a half stars. So it's it's rare to get get the heights of the score, you know, in a shorter a shorter format where you've cut the story down as well. So and and then the other thing, that John, is nice
1: th- that really because we do a launch commercial, and and that's kind of the signal that you know Kevin's back. This is what he's doing this year. There's a there's a fun story to do, it, you know. It puts Ali on the radar for all that merchandise. But but there's also the rest of the campaign and and the, the one thing that that we you know was really pleased about with Kevin is we get to use him on nearly everything else, and that that connects. You know, I mean that the year you talked about last year where we got 5.4, but but it was above Coke Truck the only one last year. I think we had a product ad. I think it was desserts, and I, I think that was 5 it was 8 was yes. it? or 5.7 something like that we actually came out higher than the launch which showed that he and obviously it was closer into christmas and and i think that, that that you can see that in that covid year and then this year where you know obviously we cost of living crisis is the the, the, the phrase de jour or the phrase of the season yeah that appetite for christmas cheer is stronger in those two years and in that middle year it wasn't quite as strong was it and i think that might have been it we might have got closer to the okay now i'm ready for christmas and that Desserts ad would just hit the right moment where people's appetite for Christmas was a lot.
0: Really, really interesting point as well on this one. So talking about long and short of it, brand building versus activation, right? And and the general advice is you can't do both. What's very interesting is it's possible for brand building long to do a good job in short. It's very, very hard for short-term activation to do something for brand building. So when we look at our star, so we we have star for long-term brand building, spike for short-term activation. It's possible to leverage star to do spike it's very very hard for the way around that's what you guys got with kevin the carrot though because what we notice is your activation advertising that leveraged kevin leverage humor all that you know nostalgia around christmas even when you're communicating something quite as rudimental as price or price comparisons or swaps you know you still land the emotion because you've built that fluent device and you've built you know some humor into it and And we land it everywhere
1: john it's not i mean we we, what we're testing on system was generally very, you know, launch TV, cut down TV, uh, teaser TV, or whatever. But obviously, a lot of what we do isn't on TV. You know, we've got a lot of press. Which, which, I think we even managed to get Kevin into radio, don't we? His voice is very distinctive. We managed to get him into radio. But he does, he does brilliantly on social. He gets a lot of love, and it, and you know, the the streams that are on of the campaign, that the campaign that are on social, are very are really quite unique and they're very interactive, and we get a hell of a lot of participation from the from the public and a lot of you know taking what we do, adding to what we do, adding, you know, starting the themes and conversations of, of their own. The public really do get involved with Kevin on social in a way that that, that makes you, you know, you think the love for this little
0: guy is just rare. I, I want to talk about, keep talking about effectiveness and results as well, because something I'm very passionate about is as marketeers, we need to be accountable. We need to demonstrate that our work is making a difference. How do you use the system one testing when you're developing the creative to ensure that you make decisions you know make the right decisions in in the sort of development process
1: i'd say the, well the first thing is that, that that we start early with testing we don't, we don't, we don't leave it to the end and we, we start at some fairly loose i mean i say loose i say long actually don't we john we start with some fairly long versions because it's very hard to you know in an animatic it's very hard to describe exactly what's going to happen and, and get that across and you do end up you know what would be a 60 ends up being a <laughs> in a, several minutes and so we kind of have to take the results slightly with a pinch of salt because who wants to watch an ad for four and a half minutes it becomes a mini especially one where it doesn't actually move and it's telling you what will happen not you don't see what does happen and the music's a bit pony and the visuals aren't you know super crisp is that whatever but yeah we we start early and we use that as a filter we don't, we don't we don't use it to make decisions if if you like but we do use it as a what is working how is it working? What are the what are the high what are the high points? What's, what's kind of missing? And, you know, what's, what's or misfiring, or not really getting the response we did. Unintended consequences of certain things you put in. There can be you know negative emotions can creep in for things you didn't quite figure, and and it and it, and it really helps with that to get that feedback. What I would say about you know system run? Shameless plug for you, now, John. The idea of a star rating it, it is very simple to understand, isn't it? You know, it's kind of like how far how high up in the sky have you got how bright is your star is this bright okay so that's a good start couple of other messages. will it sell product yes it'll do it to this extent is it well branded will people know it's you right okay so that's pretty simple to understand it goes deeper obviously and the analysis gets more complicated than that but at that top level you know you can that's currency isn't it because you can take that at nearly any level of the decision making process within the client business and hmm whether the people are from marketing or they're from operations or they're from store management or whatever, they're just for finance. Okay, you've got a consistent
0: framework to, to measure everything by. It's funny, actually. What, what you've just described there is is basically what I try to do in my System 1 role because having worked client-side before, and I've never worked in research. I, I, I've had Insight Teams report to me and I've done lots of research, but I've not worked in research. Is What I, I found Still is- till now. You've- you, well until now, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, although although actually it's quite funny, I always I always say to everybody, we don't work in research, we work in confidence. What we sell is confidence, not That's research. Great. Research happens. You're like to a be. deodorant,
2: John. Jeez.
0: Yes, yes, it's like the Lynx effect, isn't it? You know, we're you know, we're in the dating game, not in the sort of anti-perspirant game or whatever. You know, but 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 you know that, that But if you think about what we're actually selling, it is the ability for you guys to make a good creative decision on the journey. It's the ability for you to go to Aldi and go. We know this is going to work because your audience have responded this way. For Aldi then to go and commit money because they've you know, they got the evidence. So uh, you know, I, I, I really believe. But for that to work really well, we have to make what we do as simple and as easy as possible. And I know when I sat in research debriefs as a client, I, I would see the 60-page decks and literally want to kill myself going, I, I can't possibly walk out of this room, go to my CEO and go, here's 60 pages to explain to you why we're making the ad in the way we are. I need to go and go, there's one measure, it's this, and we've got that. Is it okay? You know, so anyway, so that, that's partly why we do it. I, I almost feel a little bit of anxiety for you whenever you're doing your testing because you, you always do such a good job. But I I'm, I always speak to the team and go, right, you have to tell me when the first Audi animatic comes in. And they always go, John, it's like four minutes long. And I'm like, oh no, because, you know, I just know the thing with thing animatics is they never score well because... They're not the finished thing, right? They're like a cartoon with a voiceover and it's a bit plonky, you know, or whatever. But four minutes, I'm like, oh man. But what you do brilliantly is you take all that story, the humour, the jokes, the scenes, the you know, and, and you've got such a rich amount of feedback there, haven't you? And what you do every year brilliantly is go from that four minutes down to sixty seconds, but you've almost got non-stop hits, haven't you? Because you've worked out where the gag lands, where it doesn't land, where the emotion goes up, where it doesn't. It's very clever.
2: And, 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 and just to say, and a shout out there again to the craft of the creatives. I, th- I think that that mm. is a skill that we, as an industry, I, I, I speak speak out here. I think we've we've stopped valuing it. We we over the last few years, we have not appreciated the craft you know, not just in the writing and the art direction, but in the production and all of the time and effort that's put into those things, making it look great, and the music, where the little jokes are, where the little
0: gifts for people are, it's really, really important and it's a joy. You do that so well and, and you, you know, you, you do the soundtrack, you know, in terms of the, the right soundtrack, even, you know, Jim Broadbent on the voiceover, that familiar, distinctive Voiceover. Obviously, the role of Kevin to drive fluency. That's another thing as well that that's particularly powerful is because you've got a character. You don't need to have an Audi logo bang in the middle of you know in the middle of the first scene to get your message across. Kevin, Audi. You know the connections there. Have
2: you had Paul Feldwick on your podcast, John? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. How does a peddler one, sing? One yeah. of
2: the things that Paul always says, which I have got a, a lot of respect for, is. You know, people don't buy ideas. You don't. We don't consume our advertising as an idea, or we consume it as a fully formed, made thing. And one of the things Darren always says in testing, and come back to the point you're making about animatics, is it's no surprising that people react to animatics the way they do, because that's it, isn't it? You only what you see is what it, is what you see is is all there is. What you see, what you hear, you react to, and and so I think there's a danger or we've we've moved to a slightly dangerous place in our industry towards thinking about ideas and concepts and not thinking about finished things enough because that's what we do. We make stuff at the end of the day, which then goes out there and people like or they don't like, and they, they respond to it or they don't respond to it. They notice it they don't
0: respond. I'm going to horrendously hash up this quote, but there was some quote in Paul Feldbrook's book about we're not taking out a licence to go on a hunt. We're actually renting a stage on which to put on a show. That's how we should approach media. And, you know, we don't have a divine right for the audience to like what we do. We have to, you know, we ha- we're renting the stage, put the show on. Johnny, uh, no, you, know, you could extend that into, into into the sort of the
1: whole, you know, media buying planning equation. Because often we look at, well, you know, how many people can you reach and how what's the cost of reaching that? And is that a good buy therefore? But really, what kind of stage is it? What can you do on that stage? What kind of impression can you make? That, that that qualitative side of the media buying equation is often somewhat overlooked in the numbers. It's just kind of like reach and frequency. You know, how yeah. much does it cost? Cost per impact, etc. It just gets very bit reductive. I just think you need to think if this is all about entertainment and humor. What kind of stage is that to entertain upon? What kind of, kind of I love that. audience reaction am I going to get to that? Where what are the where are the audience? What are they doing? what's their mood are they are they looking really looking or are they doing something else while they're doing that is it,
0: is it i had karen nelson field on actually a few few episodes ago talking about the elasticity of attention based on different platforms and it's incredibly different right depending on whether it's in feed it's you know it's skippable or non-skippable or you know tv versus other formats sort of thing so Understanding the size of your stage, as it were, and and editing your show for that stage, you know, the size of stage is, is particularly important, isn't it? And you do that very well in social. I know particularly, you know, Kevin is has, has got quite a presence, hasn't he? And quite a voice on social. I wanted to talk about business results. I, I just, just, just I, I, well done, by the way, on your IPA Goldwyn Congratulations. It's, a, it's truly phenomenal. I mean, for me, IPA and FE are the two, right? They're the ones that you really want to, you know, put on your CV because you can't argue with the, you know, with the results. But when I look at the, you know, the market share, you know, Aldi last three years seven point nine percent, eight point one percent, eight point three percent, and this year, of course, overtaking Morrison's to become the fourth biggest grocer in the UK, which is which is phenomenal. And um, I noticed as you had uh, return on marketing invested as well, forty three million pounds spent over six years. That's relatively modest actually for a grocer in the UK as an investment. But eight, sorry, six hundred and eighteen million of incremental revenue and one hundred and twelve million of incremental profit. I mean, those numbers are astonishing as a ratio of investment to return. How did you go about quantifying the impact of the Kevin campaign on the business results for Aldi? Because that feels pretty important. I think, you know, the
1: standard ways, obviously, did we make an impact? Did did people see it? Did they notice? Did you get a response from it? That sort of, you know, then the sort of measures way of, you know, did people agree with, you know, statements about Aldi that, you know, being the place I can buy my christmas shopping or do my christmas grocery shopping brand metrics classics you know all that sort of level then down to what well, did that translate into purchase behavior more people buying with us less people leaving us more spend with us bigger baskets coming in more often or whatever i think the, the thing that that was unexpected and that we unearthed through the through the because effectiveness people say you know it's about oh you just you're just trying to write paper to win an award are you really or are you looking back at what you've done to see what you did and what worked, and, and and then you're going to use that to, you know, teach yourself some lessons, and and live those lessons, and I think we're in we try to be in the latter camp, and I, through analysing the results of Christmas, what we realise is that, you know, over that period, you know, how many, what's our penetration, how many people shop with us over time. And we look, you know, if you look at the data sort of piecemeal, and you get your report every four weeks or from Kantar or, whatever, or whoever does your or IRI or whoever does your tracking. It's very hard to see, you know, where's that coming from? You know, you see, it's always gradually, it's a bit up, it's a bit up, it's level, it's down a bit, it's up a bit long term. Oh, the graph goes like this. We pulled it apart for this because we were trying to say, well, you know, what's the effect of Kevin? And what we realised is if we go back over the period of the Kevin campaign, the six years to this day, obviously not the, not including this year, which is number seven. About two thirds of all the increase in penetration that we had seen over those six years happened in the twelve weeks following the breaking of the Kevin campaign each year. So, in a quarter of the year, we did, or the quarter of the marketing lifespan, we did two thirds of the penetration growth. Wow! And that that will, that wasn't the objective. You know, was, you know, the objective was to reduce the trade out. It was to stop the people who were shopping with us going elsewhere, but it actually did an incredible job in increasing the number of people who were prepared to
0: shop with us at all. That's amazing. So you're using Christmas as, a, as an opportunity for people to rethink their perception of Audi and to reconsider shopping where they might not have shopped and then presumably having a better experience than expected and, and that then continuing into the new year. Is that quality bubble, John? You know, the, 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 your
1: quality perception, obviously, you're a discounter, starting from a, a long way back. You know, it's a handicap, isn't it? It's in a sense, you're a discounter. You know, who in life suspects that that which is cheap is probably better? Not most of us. So you come with a natural suspicion, don't you, about a discounter, where they save the money. Is it just on the plainer label? Is it just on the smaller store? Or is is what's in the packet or the carton or the tin a bit worse? Natural suspicion. We had to work really hard and have tried over many 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 years to, to redress that quality perception, that natural discount of suspicion, if you like. And Christmas is probably the spearhead of that. It's the exemplary time when you can do your best. You can you, you you're making your best show on the plate. You know, the highest mm. quality products, the most impressive looking, the best tasting, the the quality ingredients.
2: it all comes to a point at Christmas so it's the exemplar and also as Darren says what it gave us was this tremendous momentum push into Q1 which is traditionally a good time for discounters isn't it because what do we all want to do after Christmas Lose weight, yes. save money, eat healthily. <laughs> so, you know, I'd be amazed if that, and, and this year, probably 2023, so, I imagine yeah. saving money will be pretty high on saving the agenda. Saving money,
0: losing weight. Will yeah. be high on the
2: <laughs> agenda. So so it's a good time to have a lot of people who've come into your, and, and have, you know, sampled the wares and the quality of Aldi to be going into into the new year. The other thing I think, Writing awards and Darren said, and going back and using them as a way of sort of confronting your own effectiveness or lack of effectiveness in some cases, and understanding is that it made us understand the power of fame and consistency. That 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 being being famous is a big advantage. You know, I'm going to quote my famous my favorite quote from Bob Hoffman. You know. If you don't think being famous is important, ask yourself why all the celebrities get the best tables in restaurants and we, we can't even get in. Fame creates a sort of positive connection, familiarity, liking, openness that is a huge advantage. And we, we realized that being un, unashamedly chasing fame and popularity for Kevin was very important. And consistency in
0: what in everything that we did was a really important part of that. And... Well, that, that that came through massively in your IPA paper, which I, I thought was brilliant consistency, because when we look at the tenure of CMOs, we look at the, the constant change of agencies, the constant change of creative. I mean, we, we did this study looking at where in versus where out actually on the system one database. Really, really curious one, actually, because um, as you guys might know, I don't know, but we, we test every ad that airs in the UK automatically put them into categories and people can subscribe to those categories and see their competitors and their category, and it gives them a, a brilliant planning tool. Very expensive to do, actually. It's it, it's, it's quite a it, it's seven figures of, of investment every year for us. You know, it's a big deep breath moment to go. We're going to test everything, are we? That's that's a lot of money. We're not even getting paid to do it anyway. But it gives us a rich database, and it gives us the the ability to have a level of authority, I suppose, on what's working, what doesn't work. But anyway, the really interesting experiment was. When COVID hit three years ago now, we had to switch it off because we couldn't afford to run it because we, our, our business suffered a shock, as most businesses did. We saw our revenues drop by 50%. We couldn't afford to test everything as it happened, right? And then what's happened is as our business has recovered, we've gradually turned those automatic testing systems back on again. Now, what it's done is created this natural experiment. And the natural experiment is we are now testing things that are weeks, months, and even a couple of years old. So what we can do is we can look at the correlation between how long since it first aired and its star rating. And the interesting thing is zero change, right? So if you look at things that first aired a month ago versus six months versus a year, we've even got ads up to 20 years old because we've been doing some you know, retrospective testing on database as well to exaggerate the learning. No evidence of wear out at all. But here's the other interesting thing we found in the study. We also looked at the average... Length of time that the creative is run for, and in the UK it's less than a hundred days. So we know that creative doesn't wear out, but with the average creative on our database only runs for a hundred days. That's insane, absolutely insane. And yet, what you've done with Kevin, and I know the creative is refreshed. So there's an arc, there's an element of which you're keeping it fresh, but the idea, the character, the, the you know the, the the sort of theme is the same over many years. But I just wonder to what extent consistency actually has become one of your competitive advantages because you know you, you have worked with audi for many years you know the, the team at audi have been on it for a long time you too have been on it a long time you know creative team i i think have been on it a long time as well that consistency is quite rare these days isn't it it is hugely we
1: when you if you if you look in the ad world it seems to be what's new and shiny over there okay i've done that now what do i do next that was somebody else's, not mine. I need to make my own mark. That seems to be the, the, the attitude, doesn't it? That prevails is, got to do something different, something new, something to change the situation. I, I have so many comments where oh, we're sick of that. It's old hat. That's old news. we've heard, they've heard it, they've seen it, and and we're you know, actually, you've heard it and seen it an awful lot. We we've, we say that so many times, but remember, you're so intimately interested. And exposed to your the work that we create that your impression with it your familiarity with it your boredom threshold getting reached with it it, it doesn't represent anybody out there even your biggest fan in in the in the real world yeah. is nowhere yeah. near that level of familiarity or yeah. boredom with the idea they just don't get to boredom there are I think somebody I think is it, is it I'm gonna shout out there's, there's a there's a guy research
0: called lumen Yes, Lumen they they do attention don't they. Mike Follett, yeah.
1: He works out, you know out of the 18 hours or whatever it is that we are the average whatever the average wake span waking span of a human being is, about 9 minutes of that is about is is devoted to or gets a portion to commercial messaging in terms of attention. He's spending about 9 minutes possibly in a day looking at commercial messaging. And then you've all, you've all heard these other figures about how many commercial messages we're exposed to. I don't know what the current figure is, but it's in the thousands. It's been, people have sort of said it's thousands. Whether it really is thousands, I don't know. Maybe it's thousands in total, but how many of them really get looked at, I don't know. But if the nine minutes figure means anything, it means most of them aren't getting looked at at all. So we think we've reached people. And then the other thing is, I think when you see something you know, there's a, there's a draw to that, isn't there? I mean, there's a reason. If you look at like some, any successful comedy... In a way, if it's a sketch show or it's you know it's a long running sketch show, the joke you love is almost always the one where you sort of know what's coming, and then the the, the, the ads people love at the same, are the same as that. Oh, I love the Hamlet one where the bald guy drops off the seat and his hair falls over his his head. I know. Oh, I love this one. We're going to watch this one. I love this one. You look at the way people behave in front of advertising is they want to watch the ones they love and they want to watch the ones they know. It's the same way we behave with entertainment. You know, if you love Abbott and Costello or Laurel and Hardy, you probably could still watch their box sets and enjoy it just as much as the, as the last time. If you love Little Britain. You probably rewatch Little Britain and love it. You know what he's going to say. You know when the guy turns his back, the other guy's going to pop out of the wheelchair and do a sprint up and down the beach and then go back in and put the blanket over his knees and make the other guy carry him back over the pebbles or something. But that's what you're waiting for, isn't it? Familiarity with, in the, in the consumer's world, in entertainment, familiarity breeds deep connection. And in the world of marketing decision making, it breeds contempt. And really, we need to look at ourselves long and hard because that shouldn't be so we should be, we should not be thinking like we think we should be making ourselves think like the audience thinks well
2: it's it's what it's what it's what mark ritson would say and what he said on your podcast john it's actually a a di- problem of diagnosis it's a problem of market orientation you're not understanding the market you're basing it on your own assumption rather than re- the the reality of the people that you're trying to communicate with yeah
0: very, very well said, guys. Incredibly important to put ourselves in the in the audience's shoes, not in the industry's shoes, and to recognise the the fact that familiarity does breed contentment, as you say, not contempt. Finally, let's just let's just let's just wrap up with a question. So, congratulations on not only IPA Gold but also Marketing Week Brand of the Year. Is that right? As well, congratulations on that. Some more effies. Your, your, your effie cabinet must be bulging. I, 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 where did the effies go? Do you have a big display at reception? They're everywhere, everywhere, there is, John. Everywhere. all over the place. we falling
2: over them, falling John. Shelves, Hold, holding doors open, John. No, no. Paperweights. You don't want to drop. It's what anybody out, All you people out there in podcasts, and don't drop an effie on your foot or an i or an IPA for that. So you could do some serious damage
0: because we're audio not visual you can't see it but behind me is an effie just there yeah that's that's that is an effie so proudly proudly on display anyway well last question i was going to ask you is well basically what's next in terms of your goal right so you've won christmas you've won almost every award that's in effectiveness world so what's your goal from here world domination john
2: next <laughs> well you know obviously we're thinking already about next year will it be Kevin will it not be Kevin you'll have to all wait and see we we, we set ourselves that challenge every year also with Aldi I mean Aldi are doing well at the moment we, we realise though that next year is going to be even for discounters next year is going to be a, a very very challenging year and we're going to obviously that that's on our on our agenda as well but interestingly and you know we, we won't get in we won't we won't take the lid off and talk about can because we know that we could i think we've all got very strong opinions about can but we have we have won with can we've won a silver and a bronze line at can with cuthbert for the those those people who are familiar with the cuthbert the, the caterpillar that was Cater- yeah and i think there are there are some there are interesting things create what what it's shown us as well is in kind of non-traditional for want of a better phrase in social and digital and some of the things there are some very interesting things we can do and I think again a, a big shout out to the Aldi and the, the the McCann Manchester social team they've really understood we we, we have a mantra don't we Darren uh, our our tone of voice mantra for Aldi is be the pirates not the navy be be the lovable disruptor so you know be disruptive shake the shake the cage Thump the tub, but do it in a lovable, humorous, entertaining, light entertainment way. And I think that a sense of I think we we are we definitely set ourselves a goal of doing a bit more of that, Darren. Haven't we?
1: Yeah, I I, I love that because it does you know in in a way you know it's not can bashing, but we don't want to disrupt in the way you know we don't want to burn stuff, we don't want to blow things up, we don't want to be you know. Turn the world upside down and win a Nobel Prize Prize for Peace. It's not our gig. Kevin is the exemplar of Ali because he's every man. You know, he, he's the humble carrot. He's not favoured. He's not fortunate. He just somehow works his way through life's everyday problems and finds happiness at the end with his family. That's most people's lives, isn't it? Just like that. And I think in the it in is. this era that we're that we're going into, you know, we're obviously as a as a country and as a world probably are, are in a sort of bit of a reset moment, and times aren't going to be as good as they were in lots of different ways and and but still you know every man needs to afford to eat well to for health for enjoyment of life and our meaningful role we we call it that we that we've worked so hard to to, to, to define and, and to get into everything we do for Aldi is to make sure that everyone can afford to eat good quality fresh food and we see that as a i suppose we we see it as a human right for everyone and, and and if we can keep that mission going john that that's i mean it's it's not it's not something we haven't been doing but it's never been more needed than now and that is what we're trying to keep
2: doing i always think that the the i was just going to say that that you know there's a lot of talk of brand purpose and you know again brand purpose can work brand purpose cannot work but we brand purpose isn't probably a conversation or something that we talk about strongly at aldi but that when, when the witch report comes out and it talks about, you know, the cheapest supermarket and Aldi is the cheapest supermarket and we know that for the price you pay, you're getting the best quality food for the price you think you, you pay. I say that that's brand purpose. that That's, that's that brand purpose. True brand purpose. Intrinsic
1: yeah, brand purpose, 100%. not extrinsic.
2: Yeah. Bolt yeah. on.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, if you're doing that and you're making people, entertaining people through advertising and helping them remember Aldi, then that's got to be a pretty good thing. So – Guys, congratulations on on your success. Long may it continue. Thank you for sharing all your your secrets to how Kevin won Christmas. It's been a real blast, so thank you both for joining us on the on the podcast. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks for being part of the journey. All the guys at System 1. Thanks so. a lot. Love it. We, we, we thoroughly enjoy it. We always look forward to at the moment the script comes across our desk. It's keenly anticipated. So we, we can't wait to see how you better it next year.
2: And happy Christmas to everybody. Well, it's still, it's still a bit of a way off yet, isn't it? But happy Christmas.
0: Get the, min, get the mince pies out. It's never too early. Well said. Thank you both. See you soon, John. Cheers, John. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Darren Hawkins and Jamie Peter McCann, uh, talking about how they, uh, how Kevin won Christmas and how they've delivered such effective work for Audi over the last few years and what we can all learn from it. A thoroughly useful episode there. If you'd like to find out more about the of CMO, then please do go and subscribe and never miss an episode. You can do that over Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Amazon as well um if you'd like to leave me a review please do i love reviews they really help uh, drive uh, engagement on the show and i'd love to get any feedback from you as well if you want to do that you can contact me at uncensored cmo uh, over on twitter and also linkedin where i can be found john evans that's john without an h thank you for listening and i hope you'll join me next time